You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Hello, everybody. This is AJ. Hi, guys. This is Chris. And welcome back to Borderline Idealist. Thank you for coming back for another Sunday episode with us. Uh, We have a really great topic. Uh, We're going to be talking about, well, just like we always do, talk about BPD, but, you know. (laughs) This time we have a special guest. Yeah, and we're we're talking about what if you're recently diagnosed? What can you do uh, to make it easier on yourself? What should you look out for? And our our special guest is Braylon. Braylon, say hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) So Braylon is uh, recently diagnosed, Mm -hmm. and she reached out to us um, a couple of weeks back. Uh, She found us online. She reached out to us. She was interested in learning a little bit more about what sort of first steps she could take as a recently diagnosed person, how to... Um, she wanted to learn more a little bit about relationships, how to, you know, maybe how to, well, why don't you tell us? Bray yeah. Lynn? Why don't you let Braylon speak? Okay. <laughs> Bray, Braylon, tell us a little something about yourself. <laughs> so I grew up here in Georgia and I'm currently, um, currently going after my master's of science degree down at Georgia state. Um, and I'm really big into podcasts because I'm, always on the move so it's you know great for kind of listening as I go Mm -hmm. and I happened to run across your podcast and I started listening and then I ended up deciding to reach out and it was mainly as just some kind of camaraderie you know having somebody else who understood exactly some of the feelings and thoughts that you know, I was having some of the struggles that I was having um, just with myself and the diagnosis in general and then also with, you know, existential friendships and and just trying to get a better outlook on how to navigate everything around, um, you know, around the cyclization and around, you know, we're all humans. We have a lot of emotions anyway, mm. all the time. But, you know, just how to navigate around those emotions, especially as being somebody with BPD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chris just laughed at that. He's like, yeah, AJ definitely has a lot of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're so glad that you reached out to us in, um, I want to say about two weeks ago. Was it two weeks? Three weeks? Oh, yeah. I know. It, just, it, it, was, it was recently. <laughs> we went out and we got coffee and um have you ever seen i hope this doesn't offend you do, do okay. <laughs> she's like uh-oh but have you ever seen crazy ex-girlfriend yes you I, I, i'm sorry but you remind me of rebecca bunch like i think it's the cutest thing ever i don't know why well like, i think it's the voice and like the perky personality yeah yeah it's yeah. just i was just like when we were leaving i was just like oh oh my gosh chris that was like Rebecca Bunch. <laughs> that's the kind of you know that's the I, that's the kind of BPD I want to have where I'm just like happy all the time. <laughs> I imagine Braylon is like making up musicals in her head and. <laughs> but yeah, I hope that doesn't offend you. I just I just thought it was just no. I just thought you were the cutest thing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like I said, we're just really happy that you, you reached out to us and really excited to try to help other people understand um, coming to terms with borderline personality disorder. Uh, so, Braylon, would you mind telling us a little bit about your, your background, how you discovered that you had BPD and maybe some of the, the first treatments that you had for it? So, this all, my, my whole stint going down this psychotherapy road started 
about four or five years ago now. And um, I originally reached out to a therapist because I started seeing a psychiatrist um, after I hit a spiral in my life. Um, I had five deaths back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I reached out to a psychiatrist to put me in touch with a therapist in the same office. And I started seeing them regularly. And I saw them for about two years on and off. And I just noticed that, you know, all this effort I was putting into going, and I didn't really feel any lasting effects. So hence why the on and off. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, you know, spending a lot of time in that office, and I never really got any kind of definitive answers as to what was going on. Um, I just kept hearing, you know, yeah, you're depressed. Yeah, you're anxious. Okay, that's, you know, I tell me something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and so I ended up stopping going there um, and more recently found a wonderful therapist um, and started seeing her and immediately just made myself clear like, look, I, I understand that you're a therapist and that I'm here for your help, but I've spent a lot of time with a previous therapist who really didn't do anything long lasting to help me. So you know, I want those effects. I want to actually get better and not just deal with, you know, my emotions here and now, but I actually want to dig deeper so that I can, you know, get to the bottom of all these things. Yeah. And this new therapist, do they, um, they use DBT? Yes. So actually... With two sessions, and she um, talked to me about it, and she was like, you know, I think DBT can really help you, and I think that, you know, go home, research it, look into it, and let me know. Um, so it's actually something that she is specifically trained in, which is kind of, um, you know, ironic that I ended up right in her office, but so she does individual sessions, of course, and then she does the... She's phenomenal, though. She does several different things. So she does the DVT therapy, and she also hosts um, she also hosts a free yoga class every week. Um, well, for for those of for those who are listening and may not be familiar, what does DBT mean? Oh my gosh, I can't even say it. Now. I know I, I mean, can't say the D time. word. Di- um, yes. Dialectical or something. Yes. <laughs> Behavioral yes. Uh, therapy. Look it up, Chris, because I am not going to say it right. I've never had yes. that that kind of care. I've had cognitive, yes. cognitive ther- uh, therapy. Right, which is also popular. DBT um, really is... Dialectical Behavior Therapy. Therapy. Yeah. Yes. It is an evidence-based psychotherapy began with efforts to treat multi-problematic suicidal women. DBT has been proven successful in treating mood disorders, suicidal ideations, and for change in behavioral patterns such as self-harm and substance abuse. And I think my understanding of it is that they actually try to go back, you know, to try to, like you said, find the root of the problem or find out why yeah. you're feeling this way instead of what you're doing today. You know, like you were saying, your therapist yeah. says, oh, yeah, you're depressed, let's deal with this. But they actually want to go back and, and dig into it a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And it... Yeah. I wish I was as lucky as you to find somebody that uh, has DBT just on a whim, but I, I feel like I have to actually search for that because it's not something that a lot of people have. Right, and it's something, like I said, I definitely got lucky um, just ending up in her office and having her um, be trained in that Um this is definitely something that has helped me and it's definitely all about, you know, taking your day to day and basically 
finding a way to no matter what happens throughout your day or what's ha- you know whatever happens in your life to just keep that center and it really teaches you how to use your emotions and your logic to come to you know one one solid idea and mm-hmm. one solid conclusion about situations instead of you know kind of using either side well, uh, you know, that's something that I didn't know about until after Ajani had started going to a therapist as well. And so, it, you know, it's like something that is not really advertised. <laughs> and see, when you were looking for therapy is, you know, I think most people are like, well, it's the therapist, it's the therapist. Mm, yeah. So they're oh. not uh, maybe aware of the special certification that is needed for treating borderline personality disorder. And I right. was, that was something that I told, I was told I needed to just ask up front. This, you know, if I'm speaking to the receptionist, does the therapist have TBD training, um, cert- certification? And, um, otherwise you're not going to know. And, you know, if they don't, then you're going to have to move to another, some, find mm-hmm. somebody else because really this, this, this DB, BD, DBT certification, <laughs> it's, it's really, needed for this uh, type of diagnosis yeah um because it like with ajani he was going to a therapist that didn't have it um when i called into that therapy therapist uh ajani at that time was in a really bad place where he needed to talk to someone right away and the therapist that was available that had dbt training would only be able to see him once a month if that so and I was like, "That's not enough." <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, I actually, I actually went in to go see the therapist. We had yeah. a really good session. Great I was session. really excited about it. And then when I went to um to the front desk to reschedule, they're like, "Oh, well, you can only see her once a month. She has so many patients." And I'm just like, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, we, how is that helpful? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then when I found um a new therapist, Chris asked if she had DPT training. And I think they, they just said that she had experience with people with BPD, which right. she did. And she found, and and when I would go to her, she found all my stories very funny and she was very entertained. She's like, you're one of my favorite patients. And she would give me candy. and But it was just like, I'm just like it talking was, to some. <laughs> it was a talk session. Yeah. Ajani ne- needed to talk to someone at the time. So at least it helped with, he wasn't able to move past what was happening in time he wasn't getting to the root of the problems and like the therapist would assign certain things sometimes suggestions and what he can do to kind of um feel better or not let himself go down mental thoughts that the rabbit hole but she never follow up on it or if she did it wasn't like it, it it just didn't seem like there was um substantial the accountability account, accountability uh, yeah i'm not sure <laughs> something like that so and that's why and that's why i mentioned that it you people should really seek out and request when they call to an office ask if they have dbt certification mm-hmm. because it's it's really needed and i yeah absolutely i kind of knew yeah. i was in trouble when i would go to sessions with her and she's like oh well i'm reading up some more about um bpd and i'm trying to get a certain certification right now and she uh went on amazon she bought me like this bpd journal and said that i should do it every day and i would do it but then i i would like i she never said anything about it ever again you know (laughs) so (laughs) i was just like i'm not gonna you know i have a problem with procrastination anyway (laughs) i don't want to do homework if you're not gonna check it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah Definitely finding the right therapist with the right certification helps. Um, and you'll you'll know if the therapy is helping because if you're able to, how will you know? Well, you'll you'll get into a crisis or um, conflict in your mind, maybe. And if you're, I, I feel like if you're able to use some tools that the therapist has given you then that therapy is helping, you know? But Agreed. Yeah, other than, other than that, I'm not really sure 
how to know if it helps. Because when I was going to the therapist, it made me feel better to get it off my chest, but I didn't have any tools to make it well better. From my point of view, sitting on the outside, <laughs> I would say yeah. uh, maybe rely on the people that you that are around you to kind of see where you're at, how if you, if you're improving or not, or how much you're improving. Because ideally, I would think, you know, thinking of this analytically, I would think you would be able to avoid certain pitfalls as you're walking through this therapy, right? Mm -hmm. So that, you know, if something triggers you or you have a tendency of going, of spiral, of spiraling or going down rabbit holes of negativity, then therapy should be able to help you avoid it, like... I mean, and you're aware of certain, you know, mental uh, mental steps that you can take to avoid going all the way down, like, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're aware of them, but you don't always or activate them, I guess. Is it? Well, Braylon, do you feel like you have more tools now to deal with your, um, are from d depression and anxiety? Um, now, yes. Um, I, you know, with this therapist, most definitely, um, between what I've learned on my individual basis and what I've learned in the DVT training, like, hands down, I feel like if I get into a situation where I find myself really angry and pissed off or, you know, if I find myself in a situation where I'm really upset and sad, um... I definitely have a slew of tools before I get all the way, you know, as Chris was saying, down that rabbit hole to kind of pull myself back um, and kind of recenter myself. Um, and stop the kind of emotional turmoil going on in that moment. Um, definitely things like meditation, big, um, and just focusing on that breathing that entire time. Um, and for me, of course, being in the science field and I've, you know, I've always loved science. So I'm a very analytical minded world. So for me, using you know, kind of sitting down and actually writing down or even just thinking about the facts of the situation that I'm in the midst of and how I'm feeling so that I can logically and physically see the difference is huge mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stating those facts and then Stating my emotions so that I can see, like, wait a minute, this or is really what's going maybe. on. <laughs> yeah, like, this is what's really going on. This may be how I'm feeling. All right, now let me take this back and figure out what exactly about this situation is making me feel like this, because mm -hmm. these facts aren't it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a really good suggestion. Yeah. Maybe uh, somebody yeah. should implement that. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> a lot about BPD is... is Thinking irrationally, right? You know, like Absolutely. well, finding a way to kind of bring yourself to pause and I like that reflect. looking for for facts. You know, if yeah. if I'm like, oh, yeah. this person hates me, you know, just sort of thinking about, well, I don't know for certain that this person hates me. You know, <laughs> right? They could have right. been laughing at something else. They're probably not laughing at me. I don't know if they are. You know, um, yeah. You know, as we're discussing this, I'm re I'm remembering. I would have these thoughts all the time when I was younger that people were always staring at me, that when people would laugh, they were laughing at me. And this was before I came out, so maybe it was because I was so paranoid. Somebody's going to find out. Yeah, but I would like, <laughs> yeah, I, and I would be like, and I would feel myself like just feeling so bad because people were laughing at me or staring at me and then I would I would I would I remember talking myself out of it like no they're probably 
they're in a group of friends. They're probably just laughing at themselves or something. And, and, and I'm sure a lot of people do that. I'm sure that's very common, but sometimes those irrational feeling, feelings become facts to you in your Un- head. You know, you're just... Instead of, I think this person is doing this, you're just like, oh, I know this person Mm -hmm. is doing this. They're doing this because they hate me. They're doing this because they don't like me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. What did I do? What can I change? And see, I'm kind of like with Braylin. I tend to think more analytically. And I love to write things down because there's a visual connection that we're visual creatures. Uh, and seeing it's like those you know seeing it is believing it <laughs> um and so when you write something down you make it more concrete uh it's you know if we're looking at goals or something like that you're, you're making it more concrete you see something that reminds you of it and then when you see it written down and you visualize it then you start focusing on that and project visualizing um so you know with with what you're doing and is that like you're saying, you're visualizing the problem and your emotional response to it. And then it's like, you know, connecting the dots or you're trying to see how they connect. And maybe if there is a mismatch, why there is that mismatch. Cool. Braylon, I was wondering, do your parents know anything about your BPD or did they have anything to have? Have you told them anything about that? And did they have anything to say about it? Um, so I have discussed it with them, not, um, at great length, um, but I have discussed it a little bit with them, um, and I, I think for them, you know, it's it's always difficult seeing your child go through something or, you know, because even though I'm 26, I'm still, you know, five years old in their (laughs) eyes, right? So, (laughs) but... I think they are both in a junction where they're trying to understand. And also, I do think they, um, I do think that they see some of it though. Um, even from when I was younger and I would get, you know, one of my biggest emotions is anger. And once I get in that anger, I'm there and I, (laughs) you know, and I, in it, right, and I, I know AJ knows what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I know <laughs> anger. <laughs> yes, like you know, I... and once you, yeah, it's kind of like once you once you get in that emotion, you just sit in it and you stay there. Um, and there's a certain there's a certain comfortability there. And so even from when I was younger and dealing with kind of those outbursts of anger and then sadness. And so I think they're, um, I think they're pondering on a lot. And I think, uh, you know, they're, they're supportive, of course. Um, you know, they, they ask about therapy from time to time. Um, but they kind of, they're kind of there to support, but they also kind of, um, let me kind of control that past myself mm-hmm. um and kind of let me decide where i want to go with it and you know kind of what you know because as a individual going through it you kind of you're the only one who can really sit down and be like okay this is what i want because this is what i'm looking for this is what i am mm-hmm. in need of right now um, and so you're the only one that can kind of decide how far, you know, as far as do you want to see a psychiatrist, do you want to see a psychiatrist and a therapist, do you want to do something existential to that? Um, and so they kind of let me determine my own path with all of that. Um, but they're, they're great about it and they're always here, um, uh, they're always here to support. That's great. That's wonderful. I I feel yeah. like um in my family my mom is very supportive. I feel like my my dad has always had a problem with it because he just he just doesn't understand. He's just one of those people yeah. that's just like get over it. I mean, everyone feels bad. Just get over it. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, if it was if it was that easy, I would have done that years ago." <laughs> <laughs> but and my know- <laughs> parents are kind of in that mindset as well where they think that it's all in the head and 
that you're just in a way it is. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, so they think that, that, I, I don't know. Sometimes when I talk to them, I feel like they are understanding, but then they'll say things like, "Well, in Mexico, you know." You just get a chancla and it, <laughs> it would fix everything. Um, a, a sandal. Oh, a sandal. <laughs> yeah. I was like, a lobotomy? <laughs> if, the kid, if the kid was depressed, get the chancla and he won't be depressed anymore. I'll give him something to be depressed about, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that's why Mexico is in the situation the way they are right now, where they think violence solves everything. <laughs> and, and it's just... I, I, so little comments like that where it makes me I'm like, what? Obviously, they don't really quite grasp that it's a lot more than just willing yourself to to do something. It's like, you know, if you're sad, well, just stop being sad. Think about positive stuff, and then you won't be sad anymore. Mm. But, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to some people that it... And, like, the way that I try to explain it to them is that... Is in, and to other people is I talk about a spectrum. That things are not on and off, black or white. And to some people may deal with depression. Uh, I give them the example of if a loved one dies, of course, they're probably going to be depressed. But then over time, that depression is going to slowly fade and they're going to eventually feel a little better and they'll go back to a normal life or as normal as it can be. Whereas to people with borderline or chronic, Ill, chronically, um, chronic depression or anxiety, they're on the other side of the spectrum where they can't, over time, things don't get better for them. And they can't just um, think something and then make it happen for themselves. Like, I'm going to get out of bed today. Hmm. You know, that just doesn't, they are not able to put that thought into action, basically. Well, you need extra support and and help and I feel like my dad has sort of a problem with it because he grew up, you know, poor and he dealt with depression and anxiety and he's like, hey, I'm fine. But, you know, if you have the 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 resources to get help, then get help. You know, some people do. I'm sure a lot of people do deal with some depression and some anxiety throughout our lives. I mean, it's our, our whole life is filled with them. But what I try to make people understand is that there's that normal every maybe every couple of years you may deal with it but then you come out and then the chronic which is you have it for years and years and years and it just does not go away it doesn't mm. get any easier for you and uh there's a difference between those two and th so the sp the spectrum is that you know and that's why some people are like well I got over it I was able to persevere well maybe <laughs> you weren't on the higher end of the spectrum or maybe you're not really over it. You know, depression can look you very can different. It. And like Braylon was saying, um, you can, I, I would get comfortable in anger. I, it, to this day, I sometimes just like being angry. And sometimes I like to try oh, to make God. Chris angry because I'm just like. <laughs> he like really knows how to push my buttons. <laughs> and I was like, and, and in the back of my mind, for some reason, there's this thought that if Chris is angry at me, then he really loves me, you know? <laughs> or if Chris, if I say another guy is cute and Chris gets jealous, then he really loves me, you know? <laughs> or um, I might just get, get comfortable in my depression also. Mm -hmm. Like, my depression can just go on and on and on and on, and it just feels normal to me. So, you know... You just have to find a healthy way to come out of that. And the best way that I've learned to deal with it is to just call it out. Like, I remember at the beginning, I would, I didn't want to say anything to upset you. And I thought pointing it out would do that or would have a negative effect on you. But I don't think it does. I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel like it has changed because, you know, now if he starts going down to the black and white thinking, I'll say, you're doing black and white thinking again. That's not, it's not right or wrong. It's, that person is not, you know, doesn't hate you or, or this or that. That's, that's, and I'll call you out black or white thinking or I'll, you know, I'll tell you that, um, your, what's that word? Um, Chris is famous for losing his words. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have many words. They have the best words. <laughs> okay, Donald. I just have to find them. <laughs> oh um, my gosh, he just did like Donald Trump hands. <laughs> I have the best words. He had no, the best um, people, right? <laughs> you know, I'll, so I'll call you out when you're doing certain things that I can catch that I know it's you know because of your condition. You know, I'll tell you, and I'm like, you're you're gonna be fine. You're not trapped. You you're you have options. There's you know, you can do this, you can do that, and I feel like me telling you that maybe kind of brings in, in the forefront of your thoughts. I don't know. I don't wanna hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna stay where I am. Like when you say you're black you're doing black and white thinking, I'm just like, Yeah, so what? <laughs> I like it. I mean Um, Braylon, I I did wanna talk a little bit about medication i know you said that you were um i believe you said you were taking some medication and then you uh stopped because it wasn't helping you yes so with my first therapist um i definitely tried some medication um and as i kind of digressed from going there i you know worked off of them um and i'm not with my new therapist um which is lovely um but yes i definitely tried my share (laughs) (laughs) so you you said you're not taking medicine right now not anything right now okay how many how many medications have you taken um so or tried (laughs) right right um so through my first therapist i tried robutrin um lexapro um Taken. And there's another one that's bleeding my mind right now. But. Was it um <laughs> Boosperone? Did you take Boosperone? No. Um, I've taken both of those. I'm trying to think I, I think you said the last one last time. I can't remember. Yeah, it's it's evading me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I'm on uh, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, and then I have one I take as needed if I have like an anxiety or panic attack. Um, and I know everyone has different needs for medicine and uh, a couple of years ago I was taking a mood stabilizer which is uh, actually for people that are bipolar but also helps people with BPD and that was really helpful. Um, but it can be frustrating to find the right medication and you have to make the decision if you want to be on medication because there can be some drawbacks and some side effects <laughs> definitely <laughs> did you have some negative side effects you know when i first started taking lexapro it's the first thing i started taking and it was beneficial and i would say that you know for 90 percent of the time it was beneficial as far as helping me you know, be stable and and emotionally regulated throughout the day. Um, and then once I added uh, even just the K-pin, um, I very much started feeling like a zombie. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I would get up, take the Lexapro, go to work and go about my day and then come home and take the K-pin and, you know, zonk out. And I really felt like very much a zombie. Um, I really didn't do anything besides go to work and come home and go to sleep. And, you know, I just felt like cycle with that. And it felt like, wait a minute, I'm not actually living here. Like, you know, I'm just getting through my day. And then I combined that with, you know, what I described earlier, like not really feeling any long lasting effects from the actual therapy. And so that's when I decided, wait a minute, you know, I, I need to go about this a different way. Like this is not, this is not giving me the benefits that I need. Um, so definitely, you know, just feeling sluggish, feeling zombie-ish, like, you know, you would not, from, how you see me on a day-to-day basis now, you would not even recognize me then because I just, 
you know, I was zoned out all the time. And, you know, I would sleep for so long, but still have absolutely no energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been on medications that <laughs> have done similar things to me where I feel... Yeah, like like a zombie or just um, yeah, out of body or just kind of dreamy, just not not like myself. And you don't want your medicine to take away your quality of life, but you want it to improve it. Um, so I I had to go through a lot of trying medicine, getting side effects, or it not working, putting that medicine aside, and then trying something else. About how long would you say you would recommend people to try a medicine before they should switch? Well, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I guess <laughs> but, but I would say I would say about um I, I think a doctor would say probably a month because I, I think a, you can take an antidepressant up to a month to start working. Before you feel the effects. Yeah. But I, so, I I would take it like two to two to three weeks and try to see if yeah. i can write out the, unless, the side effects but if the side effects are too bad I, right because i remember you took when you got back in your medicine there was one in particular where you had constant ear ringing you couldn't yeah. sleep at all well that was, that was a mood stabilizer um and i really tried i really tried to make it work but my ears were <laughs> ringing and i could not go to sleep and it was always in a bad mood <laughs> And I mean, I would be too if my ears were ringing all day. It was just, it was, it was horrible. But there have been other medicines where I took it one time, I had a bad side effect, but I continued to take it for like maybe two more days. And then I was like, hmm, I feel better now. So, Mm. Raylan, would you consider taking medicine again? Or do you feel like you're at a good place right now? Um, I... I feel like I'm in a good place. Oh, <laughs> I know I'm in a good place. Um, but, you know, I don't, I definitely don't, um, deter anyone from trying, you know, the medication route. Um, like I said, you know, the Lexapro did help me. And there are, there are meds that can help. I definitely, um, you know, am not anti-medication. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just a point of, like you guys were saying, finding the right ones for you and right. understanding that that's not, that's not necessarily a, you know, a snap of the fingers. It's, it's a whole process, much right. like, you know, therapy or anything else with, with this. You know, it's a process figuring out not only the right meant, but the right dosages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while I'm in a good place, like if, if my therapist now were to come to me and say, I think that this would just help you with, with that little extra boost, um, it's definitely something that I would uh, come home and do my research on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, and it's definitely something I would consider um, just because I have a lot of trust and respect there. Right. Um, so definitely, you know, definitely something that, you know, and I, I think just in general, like you have to keep your mind open to things that, you know, the people who are helping you are suggesting. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take into consideration. And well, and I more think, than likely, I would try it. Yeah, and I think it, you know, everybody's different and everybody's on at a different point and in their own personal mental health, right? So yes. some people may need it more and than others and I think my view of medicine is is meant to help give you a better life right and and it's not meant to if you're having like I was going to say if you're having really bad side effects then you know what's the point of of being around if you're just um, a walking zombie or if you're just if it's giving you other side effects that are hurting you it is not allowing you to enjoy your life um, and then, then there's others where, you know, I feel like for certain uh, people, maybe, unfortunately, medication will probably be a, a part of their life for the remainder of their life. And, you, you you know, people should be able to, with talking with their doctor, kind of be able to under come to understanding of where the med- your medicine, 
where medicine fits in into your own life. Mm-hmm. Because like with Ajani, you were doing, you know, before we met, you were doing really well in, in emotionally or with your mental health or you, uh, you felt comfortable at that moment in your life. And then you stopped taking medicine. Yeah. And then when, <laughs> when things started going south, what happened? Did you, you well, did it I immediately. Didn't, I didn't have, you know, a backup plan. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what the medicine is. Um, at least for me. When things are are good, they're good. But then when it starts going down, if I if I'm not on my medication, then it just gets even worse. Well, and then at that time you weren't going to a therapist mm-hmm. regularly. Yeah, you weren't seeing any doctors or mm-hmm. anything. So I think you know, especially if you're if you need medicine and you are not seeing a doctor, then it it, it could be risky going off your medicine mm-hmm. without consulting with anybody else and and having somebody else to help you walk yeah. through it. Like with, especially with, uh, like with Bray Lynn, she's seeing a therapist with BP, DBT, uh, certification. So that's her backup, right? Yeah. And, and the, so that's one thing that I've, like, I'm sort of cautious with Ajani is that if he gets to a point where he's comfortable and in a good moment in his life where he doesn't feel like he needs medicine, I'm all for that. But I would, need you to see a therapist regularly um and i mean of course i'm going to be there too so i I can be i would be able to catch if if you're slipping you know and sometimes you may need to go back on medicine and and it's not a bad thing if you're if you go off medicine and you're good and then you need to go back on it there's there's no shame in that or there's um that doesn't mean that you failed or anything it just means you need it for me the oh go on braylon no, I was just going to say, I feel, you know, just a reminder that, like, that takes a lot of strength, and this whole process takes a lot of strength mm-hmm. um, to admit, like, yes, I was good, and I did find a good spot, and now not so much. And just having that self-awareness enough to know, like, wait a minute, let me be proactive, and let me do something to help myself here, because I can, I can see those tells, and I can feel those signs mm-hmm. that you know i'm starting to go down a little bit this way yeah i'm i mean right now in my life medicine has helped me i mean in in a very amazing way especially my anxiety i you know, I, I don't even like being around people. I would stay in the house. I mean, I stay in the house anyway, but <laughs> before my mess, I just, I, I couldn't deal with all the intrusive thoughts coming into my head. And now that I'm taking effects, or it, it, it's a little bit easier to manage. And, but that, that works for me. But yeah, you, you need to do what you have to do to have a good quality of life and be better for yourself. And then when, you feel healthy and better inside, then you're able to help other people. You're, you're able to see the beauty in Chris. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> my medicine, my medicine made me see the beauty in you. Mm-hmm. Um, but Braylon, I want <laughs> it helped a lot. <laughs> but Braylon, I wanted to ask uh, just one final thing. What um, since we're talking about you know somebody that just got recently diagnosed with BPD, what would you tell somebody who found out? today that they have BPD? Oh, that's a loaded question, huh? <laughs> <So> um, <laughs> I, I think I would, um, I think I would definitely uh, just kind of get a, try and get a feel for their mindset, right? So, okay, so you just found this out. Does that mean you're in therapy regularly? okay, you know, are you going to continue therapy regularly? Okay, are you open to meds? And just kind of, in a general sense, get an idea of where their headspace is and how they're feeling with it because everyone takes that, and any kind of diagnosis in general, um, you know, we all take it a little bit differently. Um, And so I definitely would try and get a feel for their headspace. And then... Just kind of remind them, like, hey, it's definitely 100% okay. Like, 
you're not alone. And there's a slew of other people who do understand you. Because I think that's one of the biggest things, right? We feel misunderstood and we feel like no one actually knows us, you know, to the core. Mm -hmm. And so I would just remind them, hey, there are people who understand. There are people who, you know, will be there and do care. Um, And it's just the point of letting those people in. And I would remind them, Again, like I said, that, you know, this is a process and it's a hundred percent okay to just not be okay. Um, but I definitely would, uh, also just advise them to one, make a plan. Um, you know, make a plan that you think is going to work for you. And it's again, okay if that plan changes from time to time. Um, and also, you know, do look into existential resources. You know, it's like Chris was saying, when I start to feel myself going down that hole, I've got my therapist. So make this plan. What's your backup? What's mm-hmm. your support? Um, and just utilizing that to the fullest. And all those existential resources, you know, look into the different therapies that are available. Um, but the bottom line and at the core of everything, I would just tell them to take it day by day because it's a, it's a learning process. You know, there are things that for, I mean, for me personally, I went, I literally went into a Barnes and Noble and just read (laughs) so many, so many books. (laughs) And got online and read so many, you know, research articles. And that's what I wanted was as much information as I could. Um, and so it, it's a learning process. And it's important for you to just take the time with yourself to figure out what's best beneficial for you in your process. Because they're all individualized. Yeah. So. You know, if it's going and reading everything ever on the topic, then absolutely do that. Or if it's, <laughs> right, or, you know, if it's um, kind of taking some time to yourself to really process and, and really to be able to observe your feelings on it, then that's okay too. Um, but just being open and honest with yourself is huge in the process and using that support system um again therapy friends family um whoever that is for you because they're going to be instrumental in your process um and and just day by day you know everyone is going to be learning all at the same time and so it's a hundred percent to you know, okay to not have a full understanding of what's going on with you, but that, you know, it's, that's, and that's okay. Um, and that it will all come. Um, yeah. That's, I think that's <laughs> wonderful advice. Yeah, that's very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like everyone wants to be understood and we definitely want to understand ourselves and make our life easier. <laughs> a little better. <laughs> yeah, a, lo- a little better. And, you know, when we Im- improve ourselves and make things better, then we can make the world better also. So that's what, you know, that's what this podcast is really about, understanding BPD and coming together as a community and making sure that people know that they're not alone, that it's not, you know, you're not the first person to go through this and you're, you're not the last and we should all be here to support each other, no matter, you know, our background, you know, where we come from or how we decide to deal with BPD, but we want to do it in a, in a positive way and, and leave the world, you know, with positivity. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I was thinking a picture of, of Frida. I don't know why she settled herself. <laughs> well, I think that was a a great episode. Um, I hope you guys, you know, if you were recently diagnosed with BPD or you have BPD, I hope that if helped you, have you somebody out. Somebody who has recently, yeah, been yeah, that too. And if you have any further further questions or comments, you can always reach us on borderlineidealist.com. And as always, if you uh, feel that you would like to support us, we do have a Patreon. You can go to borderlineidealist.com and, and click in the menu. There's a link to our Patreon, and we're ask, asking simply for a dollar a month uh, to support us and keeping our website up so that we can connect to other people and find more people like Braylin and bring their stories to you, you know, so that we can keep spreading positivity around the world and in stigma by talking about BPD. So yeah, in stigma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So from Borderline Idealist, we will see you next Sunday. Goodbye. Signing off. Say bye, Braylin. <laughs> if you love listening to the show why not support our cause we ask for a dollar a month to help grow our website and reach more people if you feel like what we do is important and makes a difference we ask that you stop by borderlineidealist.com and click on the patreon link in the menu Thank you as always for listening, sharing, and inspiring us to do bigger and better things. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you liked the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast? Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.